This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's program. You know, as we continue our series on the uniqueness of Christ, we recall from our last two programs His unique reality in all of eternity, Christ's unique relationship to God the Father, the equality that He claimed, and the power and the authority that are Christ's. Today, we're going to consider Christ's unique request. It is one we hear regularly in worship services when we participate in the ordinance of communion. Mark Ray is back to help us today grasp the depth of Christ's unique request, do this in remembrance of me. Mark is Vice President of Community Development here at Grace and the Executive Director of the Grace Center for Spiritual Development. Mark holds a Master of Biblical Studies from Dallas Theological Seminary, a Master of Divinity, and a Doctorate of Ministry from Grace School of Theology. He has served churches as an associate pastor and as a lead pastor, and has served as COO of a major evangelistic ministry. Mark, thanks again for joining us. Carmen, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, we've got lots of great things to cover today. And, you know, most members of Protestant churches are very familiar with the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. It's done regularly. However, because it is observed regularly, it seems like we need to be reminded regularly of Christ's words regarding the ordinance and their importance to our participation, and particularly Christ's request, do this in remembrance of me. Now, you suggest Mark, that we start by looking at his physical body. So help us with that. Well, it's a great, great question. And let's start with this. Um, Christ gave the request knowing his creation. Do this in remembrance of me with the understanding that if we don't regularly do it, we won't remember. Mm -hmm. I, I love the fact that our Jewish brothers and sisters have feast after feast and uh, um, they have numerous ways in which God said, do this so you will remember what I've done. Mm, you will yes. remember me. Yes. Perhaps, well, not perhaps, but actually the most incredible sacrifice ever seen on the face of this earth that accomplished more than anything you could imagine. Mm-hmm. Christ gives that after that sacrifice prior to it in the upper room, but then afterwards, and Paul tells us that too, do this so that you don't forget what Christ has done for you. He does this when he breaks the bread. Yes. He does this when he serves the wine. The breaking of the bread, the serving of the cup. We start with the breaking of the bread because this is the physical body of Jesus. It was Mm -hmm. the thing that was broken Mm -hmm. for you and me, broken on our behalf. We look at the physical body this way, through the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood, the body of Christ actually opens the door for the body of Christ. Mm. We, the believers who trust in the work of Jesus on the cross, the breaking of his body, the shedding of his blood on our behalf, now become the body of Christ. That's right. Without that work, 
we don't become the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So there was an old Twyla Paris song about the body of Christ becoming the body of Christ. <laughs> and it's a beautiful analogy about what Christ did for us to bring us together. The body of Christ broken for the body of Christ, the church. Yes, yes. It's the place we start. And it's the place we start to remember mm. that sacrifice on our behalf. Mm. Yeah, that's it's beautiful. And you're so right about needing to be reminded. Uh, you know, I, I think about young people who just get distracted. So they yes. need to be reminded. But as we get older, we know we need to be reminded, right? <laughs> Can't remember what day it is. So, yeah. yes. But but no, seriously, it's, it's so important to yes. be reminded of something this serious and this vital to our lives. Well, you know, a question that might be raised, Mark, is, but why did he have to suffer, especially to the extent that he suffered? Uh, someone might say, well, you know, I understand that he had to die for our sins, but why did he have to suffer? Boy, that's a, how long have you got? Oh, I know. <laughs> how I much know. time do we have? Really? Um, first, let me just talk real quickly about it. He had to die to pay the price. Yes, there was yes. a penalty for the sin that was committed. But let me take you back real quick to Isaiah 53. He was bruised mm -hmm. for our iniquities. He was pierced. He was crushed. Why? Yeah. Specifically because of our sin. That body, the physical body of Christ, was bruised and crushed and uh, uh, pierced because of our sin. And if you think about it a little bit, maybe even um, uh, an is interesting biology um, point would be as he was, as my sin was bruising him, as mm. my sin was crushing mm. him, as my sin was piercing him, he took that upon his own body. And mm. by that suffering, yes, it was tremendous suffering. Yes, yes. But I think it also shows the uh, the um, the justice that was needed from God's perspective to overcome that sin. Yes, yes it ultimately ended in death, but it was it was my sin mm. that he suffered. And as Isaiah mm. tells us, he did this for the purpose of taking care of our iniquities. Oh, wow. so, so we get that wonderful prophetic statement from Isaiah that this is why he did it. He did it because he suffered because of my sin upon him. And it just shows how wretched our sin is uh, for him to take that up and, and his amazing love that yes. would take that upon himself. Yes. Incredible. Well, you know, we all want to talk about the good and loving God that we have, and He is. Uh, but sometimes we want to forget that He is also holy and just. So our sin placed that impassable barrier between God and us. So talk about the significance of the barrier coming down through Jesus. <laughs> well, when you look at the fact that uh, go to the temple, yeah. Back in, in Jesus' day, there was a temple separating the people from the Holy of Holies. So there was a physical separation of us from God. Mm -hmm. What did Jesus do when he was sacrificed and he ultimately died? That barrier came down. He pulled that barrier down. We know the veil was torn in two. We yes. know all of those yes. passages specifically there, that that's exactly what happened. Um, uh, Max Lucado says it this way. He says, it's as if the hands of heaven had been gripping the veil waiting for this moment. Mm -hmm. This 60 feet tall by 30 foot wide veil in one instant was torn from top to bottom so that you and I, believers in Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, now have direct access to the very throne room of God. Yes, yes. Christ did that work. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's bringing that veil down, bringing that curtain down, bringing that separation down, so that we now, through our mediator Christ, have access to the very throne room of God. And that is so often overlooked. It's like, oh yeah, and also the veil was torn. Yeah. No, this is huge. Yes, it is. It is huge. He he tore the curtain, and it's interesting to note that God desired that. Yeah. He yes. wanted. He no longer wanted that separation from yeah. us. So. Christ went to the cross mm-hmm. so that that separation would no longer be there. Mm-hmm. I uh, saw a little meme. It, it was saying that, you know, only a child of the king can go into the king's bedroom at three o'clock in the morning because he's thirsty. But <laughs> and the king we will answer. Ha- yes, yes. But we have that kind of access. Yes. And that's, that's, that's incredible to me. Well, you know, we talked about his relationship the last time we, yes, we were yes. together. And, and the uniqueness of Christ calling him my father. Mm. Understand that at his death, mm. he now gave us the privilege of being able to call the father mm. my father. That came from having that veil torn, having that yeah. curtain brought down. Sharing in that incredible yes. uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I love the the comparison that you've shared between the way most kings are honored in their death. And we can think of like King Tut and all the uh, uh, pomp and circumstance that went with his burial. But then then to consider Michelangelo's sculpture of the Mother Mary holding the body of the crucified Jesus in her arms, the Pieta, I think it's pronounced. Yes. Well, it appears that Michelangelo understood how Christ would want to be remembered, because it's incredible that he would reveal him that way. What are your thoughts? Well, let me not give you my thoughts. Uh Let me give you the thoughts of a a good friend of mine, Ken Geyer, author, uh, uh, wrote a little book called Shaped by the Cross. Um, And what he says is, he asked this question, what should Jesus look like? We we know from Isaiah he was a man that, that nothing unique about him in his look would make you go, oh, that's the Messiah. Yeah. And yet he says this, should he look like David, a warrior, or Moses, a lawgiver? Should he look like a healer, a counselor, a prophet, a worker, a, a worker of signs and wonders? He should look like a savior. But here's how a savior looks. One who emptied himself, one who gave up his place in heaven, one who gave up his powers of deity and his privilege of royalty, one who gave up his reputation, one who gave up his seat of honor, one who gave up his love, his understanding, his compassion and his forgiveness, the one who gave and gave and Mm -hmm. gave until at last there was nothing left to give except his life, and he gave that too. Mm. The Mm. picture of Mary cradling Jesus is the picture of a savior who gave it all. Oh, yeah. Very different from the kings of the day who were enshrined. Mm-hmm. Here's Christ buried in a pauper's grave. But the last image that we get of him is Mary holding him after he has given everything away. Yes, 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 yes. And I would encourage our our audience to check out that sculpture again. If you've not seen it or if you've not looked at it in a long time, uh, all of this just comes to life when yes. you see that, see that picture. Well, you say what was made possible through the body of Christ is the body of Christ. I love that, Mark. Explain, though, really what you mean by that phrase. Well, we talked a little bit about it before, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. literally the work of the body of Christ was not just the work on the cross, but it was the work to bring about 
the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. It is the body of Christ broken that creates the body of Christ in the church. It was yeah. it was started when he went to the cross. Mm -hmm. the, the new church, the body of Christ as believers in Jesus Christ around the world became the body of Christ when the body of Christ, the physical body of Christ, was broken on our behalf. Yes. Simple trust and faith in Jesus brings you into that body of Christ mm -hmm. because the body of Christ was broken for us. Mm -hmm. I, I can't help but think of First Corinthians 12, where, you know, you're looking at the different parts of the body and how we are, you know, we all have different <laughs> roles and, yes. uh, uh, and the importance of each part and of each of us do, doing what God has called us to do for the body. Yes. Uh, it really... Uh, is is beautiful to me in light of what you just said we become the body but it's all of us working together to represent him yes we, we can't represent him uh just piecemeal it has to be in unity well and, love. and that's a great point let me let me kind of add yeah. to that a little bit if 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 my hand were the only thing you saw of me mm -hmm. It's not a representation of me. Right. It's just my hand. Mm -hmm. Same thing with my, my knee, my ankle, my, yeah. my shoulders, whatever that is. It is the conglomeration of all of the parts of my body that now represent me. The body of Christ is all the parts of the body, all the skills, the talents, the gifts, the yes. people, the personalities, the experiences. It is the body of Christ made possible because of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And we are the physical manifestation of the body of Christ yes. on the earth. Yes. So important. Absolutely. Such an important calling yes. for us to represent him well. So when we take communion and we eat the bread that is broken, we're to do so in remembrance, remembrance of Christ, whose body was broken for us, his church. But there's more that we're to remember, which Paul addresses in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. Could you walk us through that? Sure. Let me read it for us. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing to know. We carry the death of Christ in us because we're indwelt by him and we're indwelt by the Spirit. Yes. By the way, also to remind us of what Christ has done for us. But it's not that we carry about his death to be always reminded of his death. It's we carry about his death because he is now resurrected. Mm -hmm. And through that, as, the end, as Paul tells us, that the life of Jesus yeah. may be manifested in our body, that we may show the world mm -hmm. Christ in us. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the really important part about this is we are also to remember, even at the communion table, that body that was broken for me now translates into I'm now to go be the image of Christ to the world that is yes. desperate to know him and to be known by him. Mm, so yes. if, if we don't make that move that the death of Christ in us is what brings about life, mm -hmm. because the resurrected Christ indwells us yes. with the Holy Spirit, we, yes. are, we are indwelled by him. Yes. We're, I love the way Dr. Anderson here at Grace School of Theology talks yeah. about it. He says, um, our salvation is brought about by the death of Christ. 
but we live the sanctified life because of the life of Christ in us. Yes, yes. And, and if we if we leave him if we leave him and don't don't translate the resurrection of Christ into us, we don't remember that mm-hmm. as the next step in this. Mm-hmm. We leave him with a broken body. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a broken body specifically to give us new life in him. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I also think how Dr. Anderson will, will say, uh, for unbelievers, the hardest thing to believe is that substitution of, of Christ's death for us. But as, a, as believers, the hardest thing to understand is that life in us right. that he gives us. And, and it's so true. It's, we, uh, we don't think about it. We right. don't, you know, we just go about our life. At, but, oh, my goodness, the power that is in us, the opportunity that we have to reflect him in such a beautiful way because of the life that he gives us. So. Which is a reason yeah. that he says... Do this and remember, don't forget. Don't forget. Not just my sacrifice, but don't forget I'm indwelling you. Don't forget my life is in you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, let's talk about the second part of communion, which is remembering the blood of Christ, which he shed for us. Now, we may think of the of blood as a symbol of death and dying, but in fact, it is a symbol of life that Christ wants us to remember. Share your insight on on the truth well, of the blood. Well, sure. We think about the shedding of blood as mm-hmm. the blood leaving the body, but in us, in our physical body, what is it that keeps us alive? It is, the, yeah, the It's blood. the blood that mm-hmm. takes nourishment. Yeah. It, takes, uh, it, it takes oxygen. It takes everything throughout our body. If we don't have blood in our body, we're not alive. Mm-hmm. So blood is actually life to us. It is life within us. Yes, and yes. <clears throat> given that, when the blood was shed for us, it was shed, not a biologist, but let me put it this way. It was shed so that the blood within us would come to life. And I mean, we would be new creatures. We'd be, mm-hmm. we'd be have new lives yeah. because of the blood that was shed for us. Mm-hmm. So it is that blood. And, the, you know, this is what Jesus says. This is the new covenant in my blood. This is the new covenant, the new arrangement the new promise Mm -hmm, that comes mm -hmm. from me to you. And that is, if you trust in me, you will have new life. Yes, yes. And that was the mystery that had been, you know, revealed. that's right. Well, there are many beautiful passages that reflect on the power of the blood of Jesus in our lives. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Again, this is that new covenant that Jesus speaks of uh, as we take that cup in communion. So what are your thoughts uh, in regard to the importance of regular communion and that that request of do this in remembrance of me again we don't have an hour march (laughs) (laughs) well then you shouldn't throw those kind of questions at me (laughs) Um, my thoughts on just the regularity of it is i'll say it again we are finite creatures we have short memories we don't remember things Um, to do it on a regular basis and to do it regularly with the understanding that the reason why I'm doing this Mm -hmm. is to bring about the remembrance of what Christ did for me. And let me just go back to Ephesians 1 again. In him we have redemption. Yeah. Yeah. We have been redeemed. Yeah. We have been literally translated. We have been bought back by the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. His purchase price for us is his blood. 
that's a huge reminder to us yes, of, yes. of him living in us. He bought us. We are his. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. We are his. That's yeah. something to look upon yes. with incredible encouragement. We are his. But also, it is the forgiveness of sins that was bought with that. Mm-hmm. according to the riches of his grace. He didn't have to do what he did. Part of the remembrance and the regular remembrance is remembering the grace of Christ upon us to actually make this sacrifice for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, There's an old saying that it's my sin that put him on the cross, but it's his love for me that kept him on the cross. Oh, yes. And, yes. and my constant reminder by going to communion, by by partaking of the bread and partaking of the cup, I'm reminded constantly of his love for me, mm-hmm. keeping him on the cross, his love for me, allowing his body to be broken. Let's remember who he is. Yeah. He had to be human in order to be able to die. He is the only person alive ever mm. that could have said, no, I don't want to do that and could not have died. Right. He could have kept that from happening. Yeah. He went to the cross for me. He went to the cross for you. My remembrance daily, weekly, monthly, whatever your tradition mm-hmm. is, the reason for that is not for communion to become rote. Mm-hmm. It is for community to become alive in you. Mm. It is for the, yes. the celebration of don't forget what I've done for you. Yes. And, and really, if our focus, and I'll just put it this way, if our focus is on the cross, that sacrifice for me, mm-hmm then how do I begin to treat others? Mm. How do I look at if he did that for me? Yes, we should show that same kind of love and sure. servant's heart and giving and yeah. Well, and so the need for that reminder? Yes. Constantly, are you remembering that when you're having a tough relationship? Mm-hmm. Are you remembering that sacrifice mm-hmm. when you have difficulty, when you have mm-hmm. stress and struggles? Is that something that you focus back on because you do it? regularly. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I love that. You know, uh, I think this today's program for me, and I'm, I'm praying as well for our audience, uh, is going to really change the way I take communion. Mm. And I look forward to that next opportunity. Uh, but I'm also reminded, Mark, and I'd love your thoughts on this uh, and, and that is, we are to take communion very seriously yes. as well, as Scripture tells us, and to check our hearts. And uh, what, what kinds of things do you, uh, would you recommend to someone who is, is maybe taking communion for the first time? They've trusted Jesus, and they're looking forward to that opportunity. And maybe they read those passages, and they're, they're afraid they're going to, to uh, take it unworthy. Uh, uh, and so any, any thoughts on, on those passages and how, how we should feel about? Sure. Yes. Um, and it's a great question because there is the reality of participating in the Lord's Supper, participating in that, um, that symbolic statement of what Christ did for us. Um, my first thought would be this, come to the table with that heart of I'm doing this to remember what Christ did for me. And by the way, if you're not clear on what Christ did for you, get clear on it. Oh, yes. But you can also begin to understand why Paul was very serious about don't take communion unless your heart's right. Yeah. That's the reason. Because what Christ is asking you to do is remember what I did for you. Mm -hmm. Remember my broken body. Remember my shed blood. Remember this is what I have done for you. Don't take it lightly 
because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords loved you so much, He sacrificed Himself for you. Yes, yes. If if we come to communion and we take it flippantly, mm-hmm. what does that say about my relationship mm-hmm. to Christ? What mm-hmm. does that say about what I think about what He actually did for me? Right. That's why it's important to come to it with the right attitude. Yes. Part of it is spend a, spend a moment just thanking Him before you approach taking mm-hmm. communion. Spend a moment just thanking Him. Don't take it by rote. Take the yes. seriousness of what Christ did seriously. He was serious about you mm-hmm. when he went to the cross for you. Yes, yes. And he was serious about the disciples looking at them in the upper room and saying, do this in order to remember what I'm getting ready to do for you. Mm, so, yeah. so really, there's no reason to be afraid. There's right. no reason to have that kind right. of fear because he's already proved his love for you by going to the cross for you. Yes, yes. So approaching it from the standpoint of he loves me. Mm-hmm. He wants me to remember he loves me. Yes. He's proven that he loves me. Yeah. Now I get to participate in that remembrance by participating in the body and the blood. I love that. I love that. And I, I think, too, you know, all of our sins are forgiven yes. on the cross, past, present, future. Uh, but we are to confess our sins daily because we continue to sin as believers. Sure. We will till we, the Lord takes us home. And uh, I see that also as an opportunity just between you and the Lord as you're preparing to take communion. Uh just confess those sins that have that come to your mind. The Holy Spirit will remind you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, to to uh, again have that that clean heart in that moment, knowing that the Lord will forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So let me leave you with one final thought yes, here. Yes, please. Um, I wrote this a number of years ago that Jesus wants us to remember His death because His dying shows us so much about living. Mm-hmm. We remember his death because of the servant sacrifice that it was and that life comes to us through him and us being that same servant, yeah. that same sacrifice. So the reason to remember that time and time again, the reason to remember that is that in it we have new life in Christ. And that's a new life that we can get up and go out and live today because of the work of Christ. Yes, yes. And this is such a wonderful message to share with loved ones, mm-hmm. uh, even believers, Mark, because I, as you know, again, as we've talked today, I realize so many have forgotten. Yes. Uh, and and they are, or they've read the passages, but yet it it just didn't hit home like it did when they were first saved, maybe. Right. Uh, and so this is sort of a refresher, if you will, of the wonderful work that Christ did for us. So, uh, thank you. Thank you for this uh, beautiful insight into the meaning of communion, Jesus' unique request, and certainly its application to our lives. May we always remember what his death means for our very life. If this program or others in this series has been meaningful to you, would you please share with friends? It's available through Grace Demand on our Grace app. And for further insight, we're making available a study guide for the entire series on the uniqueness of Christ. You can get that free by simply downloading it at gsot.edu forward slash center. That's gsot.edu 
forward slash center. It's a perfect uh, study for uh, personal studies or small group studies. Do check it out. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.